else? What is it saying? This is a family show. Hey there, Pokey Pals, and welcome back to another episode of Aos Airways. My name is Gibbles and Bits, and with me I have my bot lane bro and best friend, Dead Broke Nerd. Dead Broke Nerd, how you doing, man? Oh man, I you know the, I feel like the last like episode or two of Aos Airways, I've been like so pumped and like super high on this game, and like my hype has has transcended even that level. I love Pokemon Unite so much, and I'm just like. I'm I'm incredibly amped for the next like month of this game. We're starting to see like some community tournaments popping back up now that Worlds is done. So we're gonna be playing in one this weekend probably. You know we've got new Pokemon on the horizon. There's like I I still haven't even like gotten a chance to play uh, Tyranitar because I'm sitting here like oh man I kind of want to save my coins for some of the things coming up. So like oh dude it's insane right now. And uh, Pokemon Unite, I, I'll be honest, it has never felt more promising. Dare I say that your excitement has evolved? It has evolved. My excitement is evolving. Your excitement is evolving. <laughs> well, friendly intro banner be damned. We might as well just get into it since you have now previewed a lot of what we're talking about. I uh, did that yeah, on purpose. Yes, we, <laughs> we, are, we are very excited to be doing episode eight here of AOS Airwaves. We've got a lot to talk about. It's been a little bit since we recorded our last episode. Mm -hmm. um, we've had world championships just closed out. Um, and we would be remiss if we didn't send a friendly congratulations to our NA uh, representatives of IX Gaming, who had a very strong showing, went uh, undefeated in their pool play, as well as our new world champions from NA, Blackhand. NA Supremacy, let's go! Yes, yes, <laughs> Blackhand uh, took there uh the tournament by storm uh that met in london uh this past weekend and yep. they did fantastic they went undefeated in pool play and then ran the table through the winner side of the uh, the playoff bracket beating no show beating their their counterparts from naix gaming renaissance and then running a 3-0 sweep against nouns esports um in the finals so yeah. they clearly showed that they were ready to handle their their european counterparts and their asian counterparts and um we had there were a couple no-shows uh that just couldn't make it to to london for the world championships yeah, the travel the travel visa situation there i've i heard really uh gets a little difficult uh especially when coming from you know the the asian side of the world as well um, well a couple of the no-shows so. were um central america central yeah, america and south, and south america it gets yeah. it gets difficult for them i was actually watching the dota 2 uh, big Dota 2 tournament, and uh, there were some issues with the with the travel visas there as well. So that's a that's a common thing, unfortunately, in esports. But uh, but nonetheless, I mean, you know, I got to watch some of it live. I also caught up on it uh, afterwards, watching the vods. It's very, it was very exciting, extremely well uh, run and well casted. They had some funny like segments in between where they had the uh, some of the casters and players doing like British uh, like uh, etiquette. And, and like how to hold the, the spoon and how to <laughs> how to how to cut up a banana in front of the queen, you know, and all this sort of ridiculous stuff that it's just like all this 
antiquated British etiquette and you're seeing all the casters trying to do it. It was actually really funny. I got a, I got a good chuckle out of that. But, you know, the, the casters were great. Uh, I, I especially loved um, uh, Spraggles and Doobsnacks' cast. They're so good. They're so funny. Like, they've just got this ridiculous, like, chemistry. And it's just like, you, you can't you can't beat it, you know? And, and um both just uh, goofy Boogland individuals and uh yeah they, they theirs was good too but i i just for some reason yeah dube snacks and spriggles had this this uncanny chemistry and it was it was very fun to listen to well casted and uh well seemingly well run as well their stage was really cool you know i i yeah. thought it was really neat to see unite like on a stage in person it was still neat because you saw some players with phones some players with switches and so it's like there's really truly i don't think is agreement on which is better it was a, it was a really cool experience, and I look forward to uh, to seeing more of that next year, the next Pokemon Worlds. And yep. and judging by all the new cool stuff, I don't think Unite's going anywhere. Well, they've already announced, uh, they've already previewed, announced where the next World Championships are going to be held, and I do mm -hmm. believe it's in Japan. I think they're it holding, is yes. I think they're holding the next the next World Championships probably similar time this year, uh, or similar time next year uh, to. To right now uh in yeah. august they'll be holding them in japan so that'll be a really cool and also semi-difficult different challenge uh trying to get over to over to, to japan but well uh, looking hopefully by then it. you know the travel situation with with all of the you know there's still some like lingering i think covid concerns and whatnot sure. that, that disrupt travel but but yeah no i all, all together though um and you know we also got some not related to unite but some cool um, Scarlet Violet leaks, and as a mainline Pokemon game player, I, I did enjoy some of the, seeing some of that stuff come out. And so it was, a, it was an exciting, you know, exciting weekend. But uh, even before that, even before that, there's news that we did not get a chance to cover due to me being on uh, business trips. Uh, <laughs> we uh, we did not get to talk about Buzzwall or Tyranitar. So let's do that now. And by the way, in case you haven't noticed, uh, listeners, for those of you who have listened to, you know more than the last episode of our of our podcast we normally break things up into segments uh and we do strategy and new player related segments but right now in this season of pokemon unite there is no lack of new content and we're catching up so we're just gonna roll through it and just talk about all the new stuff so uh gibby you own both buzzwall and tyranitar correct i do we're going to talk about uh, both of them in short. Uh, you can get plenty of other, you know, high-level breakdowns and strategy guides uh, for both of them online. But give me your impressions of, um, first, of Buzzwall, because I own Buzzwall as well, and I've played quite a bit of it. Um, and then we'll go Tyranitar. So, Buzzwall, what, what are your thoughts here? So, Buzzwall is... It is interesting, and I, I, liked, I like where Buzzwall is at release. Um, I don't believe they're going to make a whole lot of changes to Buzzwall. I think any changes, I'll say this, any changes that they're going to make coming up, if they do in the near future, because that's kind of where my mind drifts is, okay, where does it kind of fit within the meta? Where does it kind of fit power-wise? And what would cause them to make changes to it? To me, Buzzwall's changes are going to be um, directly related to how it plays into other Pokemon that are strong at the time. And how it if it if it's kind of got a, a, a bad matchup table based on what else is powerful, 
at a certain point in, in, in Pokemon Unite, I can see them them raising the power level of certain moves or nerfing things or adjusting stats. Uh, but at release, I think Buswell's not bad. We we kind of forecasted last time when we were talking about Buswell before it had released, but we knew it was coming, that we thought Buswell was going to maybe be somewhat of a pub stomp kind of character, but not a uh, pub stop mon, but not something that maybe was going to see its way into... Uh, into meta play and I still think we were pretty accurate on that it's it's definitely got more move sets that are I, I think there are move sets that are better than others um, I think the one thing that surprised me about Buswell is for certain moves that require you to get in the lack of reach uh, I would have no, liked that's for sure a concern yeah I, I mean you've got lunge right um, that allows you to kind of jump in and and kind of start initiating some fights um i mean when you get the lunge versus smackdown you can use lunge and 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 leech life in order to to kind of get in and, and start sapping some life and that is a very fun move set but mm-hmm. in a lane where you've got multiple pokemon that are opposing you and can interrupt your leech life pretty easily it, it can be a bit of a, a niche it, it feels a bit niche to me as a move set um what i've had a lot more fun doing is smackdown and superpower and you found this out with playing with a, playing that playing this with a playing with another member of our ranked team that we that we'll take to tournaments and our professional mm-hmm. team, um, Justin. He you guys found out that Boswell wants to be protected, and yeah. it's very similar to I don't know like an outraged Dragonite or um, something else very very melee maybe. Um, why, who am I thinking about here? Maybe, Maybe like, like Machamp. A, Machamp, yeah. Just any other kind of really melee-based all-arounder that really wants to be protected so he can stay in battle. Bullswool's not as tanky from a health pool perspective as maybe you think it's going to be, so it kind of needs the protection of, like, a Blissey or an Eldegoss, but if it can stay in battle, it can do quite a lot. Um, it's fallen off for me in ranked play. Like, I haven't seen it a lot in ranked, but no, that's yeah. different from the professional five-stack scene. So what have you been seeing with Buswell? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, I think he's one of, if not the worst, well, okay, not the worst, one of the worst um, solo characters in the game. If you're playing on your own, like... You're not parting up. You're just truly solo queuing. I think he's just downright bad. There's so many better Pokemon for carrying on your own. But then, if you can get a buddy to come in and pocket support you with Blissey or Eldegoss, all of a sudden, he feels dominant. So, it's bizarre, right? And because especially, like, if you think about, like, him in a bubble, him in a bubble with an ally feels great but could you not get better value of a different pokemon getting pocket healed the whole time you know i mean i i, I pocket healed a uh, a uh, gengar uh, as blissey and we put up like 150 plus thousand damage because the gengar player was was skilled and i was good at blissey and we i pocketed him and he put out ridiculous amounts of damage and the entire game was a stomp right so like you know you can pocket a buzzwall and you'll get to like 70 80k damage that's not that great you know uh if you're getting like a full attention but i will say this too in the games when i would pocket heal buzzwall 
we'd get to to Zapdos fights and he'd feel very very good in a team fight because I was using safeguard and not soft boiled and that's big right because Buswell is so bad into CC. If the other enemy team has CC, it disrupts his short-range dashes. It slows him. He 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 gets kited so easily. And because he, you know, you, your best build, and I agree, I think it's the double fighting build. I think it's superpower um, SmackDown is the best build for him. But you have to be able to get in there. And that means you need allies that can, you know, either um, give you, like, safeguard or increase your movement speed or stun them enough that, they're worried about getting out themselves from right. the stunts, you know. And so I ran safeguard helping hand is just a way to I, I can give help. speed boost you in and give you a shield that and more than the shield because the shielding pales in comparison to the healing of soft boiled. But it does stop him from getting CC so he can get his big disruptive stuns off in that fight. And that seemed to be the 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 perfect use of buzzwall is those late fights getting uh uh hindrance immune and just start pushing the enemies around slamming them into each other stunning and stunning and stunning that felt really good and once that muscle gauge gets charged up which that's part of the problem was gonna be he my can't next play solo he can't play solo because his muscle gauge takes way too long to charge that that would be what i would change is i would i would have his muscle gauge charge faster off basic attacks right but it once it gets there, he's great. Too. Oh, it does. It does drop off fast. Yeah. Like you could. So you I think you could think that one one bit of CC, like one move worth of CC, and the Pokemon who threw out the CC, let's say it's like Psychic from like a Gardevoir, um, yeah, or or some or like uh, Sing from Wiggly from Wiggly. Like you could you could use that move back up a couple steps. The CC combined with the slight kite is usually enough in order to make his muscle gauge because he hasn't hit anybody. In a yeah. couple seconds, go away, and he'll lose his stacks. And then at that point, even if he does have his moves up and re-engages, he's, he, he's not doing the damage that he'd want to output anyway. No. He he feels to me he is a hybrid defender. He, he, he is the type of all-rounder that actually plays closer to a defender than to something like a Charizard or a Zarina, which is all about, you know, dropping big damage numbers. You know, mm -hmm. he positions like a Machamp, but instead of doing crits, he stuns and displaces you know so it's it's a weird weird pokemon and i think that it has some really good utility like i said uh when you can dedicate a blissey and maybe even an eldegoss because eldegoss can leaf tornado and give him that move speed to get in and, and immediately start throwing people around you know but the point being like he's a, he's bad in solo and it's i i am interested to see if a coordinated team will decide that the amount you have to dedicate to make Buzzwell good is worth the payoff. Um, and that time can only tell to see if he makes an impact in the competitive scene. But that's uh, that, that's my impression of, of Buzzwell. Tyranitar, I do not own. I decided, you know what, with all of our AOS coin inflation, and that's a discussion we'll have to save for another time, mm -hmm. uh, but with inflation hitting us in our AOS coin wallets, uh, <laughs> uh, Tyranitar jumped to 14,000 coins, and I said, you know what, um, I'm a little bit more, I, I, love, I love Tyranitar, such a cool Pokemon. I'm a little bit more excited about some of the other Pokemon that will be upcoming, and more than that, like Tyranitar is just not the role I play in our competitive 
uh, team. Like, I will never be asked to play Tyranitar on our competitive teams. So I said, you know what? I'm going to pass on this one. But Gibby picked it up. We played some games together. It was pretty cool. What are your... What are your thoughts? And, and, and I will preface this by saying we just found out uh, that in these this next balance change that's coming out, I believe next week, along with some of the other cool stuff that we'll talk about in a minute, um, we found out that um, the uh, sand-based moves are getting nerfed. Which is backwards. And the, and the, and the, uh, the darkness slash ancient power... If it was a Dark Pulse, Ancient Power are mm-hmm. getting buffed, which is weird because a lot of people gen- generally think that there's a few dissenters out there in the YouTube space. I, I don't remember. I think it's like, is it Phil? Phil? Phil Yumas? Yeah. I think, swears he's, up he, and down he, that he's the sand guy. He he's likes a Stone this. Edge believer. He's a Stone Edge believer, yeah. But anyways, um, what are your thoughts on Tyranitar? So, Tyranitar. Let's talk about this first, the sand build, as we're talking about. Stone Edge uh, and Sand Tomb. Sand Tomb, to me, feels almost like a worse tail whip, or what is it, tail uh, tailspin from Azumarill? Oh, Whirlpool. Whirl- uh, Whirlpool. No, not Whirlpool. Um, uh, Aqua Tail? Yes, Aqua Tail. Gotcha. It the feels one where he, like... like- hits and crits in front yeah, of him yeah like it feels it feels like a worse aqua tail to me um it just feels like it doesn't do as much and there's also a delay upon using the move um so it feels like with stone that's, Ed, a, that's stone Edge, oh no i'm the, thinking stone Edge. yeah stone yeah, Edge with, you're thinking with, with it doing three different yeah. hits it feels like a worse aqua tail because also mm-hmm. like azumarill can continue to move as it's doing the different slams and that's every single true. time you use yeah. a slam with tyranitar on the stone edge it stops him temporarily it's got that so, pause yeah so like there's there's a there's you lose some tracking distance every single time um mm-hmm. overall that move set feels a lot less impactful than the dark pulse um and ancient power i think from a basic before i go too far into move sets i think what is really interesting about tyranitar is the timing of when you get the moves so you get the move for your first move at level five where bite turns into dark pulse or stone edge. And that's not unheard of to get a, to get a move at five, but a first move, it is a bit late. Um, Mm -hmm. And then to not get your second move and you get your second move and your, your unite move at the exact same time at level nine, that Mm. feels very weird. Granted. It is it is odd, yeah. But I mean, that feels like it's almost intentional because once you get to nine, oh my gosh, you are the floodgates have opened. Like you are now this absolute monster that just like okay. So I will say this: in when we were doing character comparisons or cartoon comparisons from our childhood, oh, I was yeah. like, I was like, Tyranitar feels a lot more like Reptar, and or like in, in the way he looks. And you were like, no, it's one hundred percent Godzilla. Based on the way he gets his moves at nine, the way he plays, yeah. it's Godzilla. Like he yeah, he won his one hundred percent at nine becomes Godzilla, gets ancient power, gets sand tomb, whatever you took, uses his has his alt and just becomes a wrecking crew, a one man wrecking crew. Um, so what's, what's it, wild to me is like when I'm playing against him, like it's not so much that you that you can't gang up on him and get a kill because you can it's the fact that he demands a lot of resources to remove 
Mm-hmm. You know, like you like a one v like one v oneing him is just not an option unless you're maybe like Cinderace. And even then, if he's running ancient power, he can hunt you down. Well, he's got stun, ancient power, so that so he, he definitely can hunt you down. I've you see a lot of people using like X X speed with him uh to be able to get in and out and we was funny we were playing against one and we were like this almost feels like the new version of crustal because with x speed he can just run in and do a bunch of damage and then just run right back out and you're like this was stupid he just he he just gets in and out and i can't do anything about it um one of the one of the worst blowouts that i that i experienced uh, unfortunately against me uh was uh this tyranitar player that was running the ancient power build which is the one that allows you to like get, become hindrance resistant mm-hmm. and you like have increased move speed and then you can release it to like do a stun um yeah you hold and you hold it it charges up and creates a bigger wave and then you release it um and it leaves whoever you hit unable to move or react for and for then you a get a moment. second slam in front which can you. also stun and do more damage and so, i mean it's it's crazy i think uh crashy in his video uh he was uh talking about like reviewing it and he was like all right here's the thing about ancient power let's count the number of things it does and he read off the description of the move and he's like on he's like on two hands like okay it does nine different things in this one move and yeah, it's just kind of crazy so much to it it, it is, does but it's quite a but, but everything this, move but this tyranitar was jungle invading like in the mid game and getting off scot-free because ancient power plus x speed he's hindrance uh uh reduced and sprints faster than green it does with covet yeah <laughs> it's crazy so it's if he feels flexible but he's also with ancient power and dark pulse dark pulse kind of being this like spray this this mm-hmm. distant spray it's delayed by a second, which takes a little bit getting used to. Yeah, there's so some you, skill there. You use Dark Pulse, and then he like charges it up and then sprays it out. Like it, you'd have to, you can't just use immediately on like a react. You can't use it reactively because no, you won't get it off in time and hit the targets you're looking to. You have to intentionally use it proactively or or find a group of enemies and you can get multiple people with it. But Dark Pulse combined with Ancient Power. Uh, is is a is a pretty dang good move set and it's brawly like you can get in mm-hmm. and you can brawl well you can charge past the front line with ancient power and hit the back line like at the start of the fight you just ignore the people as you walk through them because your hindrance uh resisted mm-hmm. and then your team follows through and you know and then you can as you get weak you can get away and by the way if you charged all the way to the back and hit the backliner if the enemy team collapses on you and you're about to die well look that blissey uh, can just blissey alt you and save you, uh, you know, and then and then stuns everybody as it walks through the enemy team that's trying to collapse back upon you. Like it, 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 it's, it works by itself, but it's also like when you consider that blissey is one of the strongest Pokemon in the game, just full stop. This Pokemon benefits from blissey a ton. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, yeah, and there are certain resistances that, I mean, like we talk about, it's got resistance built in from ancient power, but. If you use Dark Pulse while Ancient Power is active, then you ignore the the opponent's special defense and shields. Like, there's a lot. Yeah, it kills and rips tanks. And and the ult. Let's talk about the ult as well. Oh, yeah. So the ult, the the tyrannical uh, rampage, you burst that, you, you bust that thing out, 
and you become Godzilla. You just immediately start moving at supersonic speed towards everybody, critting them over and over again. Like Stomping you, I, the ground. Like, I've, I've had several quad wipes based well, off because, of the like, old, where I've been alone. Because, like, if you get to the middle of the fight and everybody's at half health, all of a sudden the little bar shows up on their health bar, at which point if you just get them underneath that with the stomp, you execute them. They're just dead, dead. You know, and it's percentage-based, so it can be a tank. Like, if Trevenant loves to hang out at a quarter of his health because they just can't get—he'll just heal back out of it, right? But this thing just wrecks Trevenant, it feels like, at least when I've played it, because you get low, and normally you're like, eh, it's fine, I'll horn leech in a second and heal it back up. I'll base it, I'll boost it, and I'll heal it back up, and then boom, you're executed. Done. Right. It's, it's brutal. <laughs> yeah, so, like, you run crit moves— and like you run you can cr- like i run a crit page on mine uh yeah. for, the, for the emblems so it goes crit crit execute crit execute like it's you you it doesn't take them very long in order to get people underneath of that percentage to where that it yeah. does execute but it is a fantastic unite move and um, i think dark pulse can crit it can dark pulse can so crit. like that's already scary you know so like it's 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 kind of got a five yeah. second cooldown on it too especially oh if it's such a short cooldown i guess i mean i i don't hate that it's a short cooldown because no, it does require some skill to like land and it has a slight delay to it like that doesn't feel too bad to me it's just like this thing does so much and it 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 is a um like you you've you know it it doesn't have anything else like it in that like there are pieces that you're like oh Ancient power lets you do what Greedent does, but maybe a little bit better. Right? It feels like it and does then what you Garchomp at, does, but better. And yeah, well, and, and it doesn't duel quite as well as Garchomp, but that's fine because most of the time that's a problem with Garchomp, right? Is like you never get the one on ones that you want. You're getting burst down by the whole team. And Garchomp doesn't have a move that makes him hindrance redu- you know, uh, reduced, which this does. Oh, and then by the way, yeah, it also does these AoE uh, bursts of damage it's on passive. a fast cooldown. Oh, also it has stuns with ancient power and then a second stun when you do it again. Oh, also you have a passive that does a little bit of area damage. Oh, and you can execute which no one else can do and that's just one build yeah it's it is a jack of all trades that can do everything it's got a it's got a lot of defenses defenses built in it's got extra stuns and and damage built into it i am happy it wasn't in world championships i think it would have been seen quite a lot i think so too but i mean to be fair like world champs like zarina was just dominant until the finals yeah and then in the finals they got kind of dismantled by black hands uh cinderace but like still zarina was just thoroughly dominant for similar reasons right it it, it can dash past the front line and assassinate the back line heal and then live through it yeah and that's the thing it's and, got and tyranitar can do tyranitar tyranitar can do very similar things maybe not the like i would argue that tyranitar that uh zarina has a higher skill cap and that like the like you don't the the there's like that you know that that meme with the different levels of the brain and it grows and it grows and it grows right yes the, like this is Zarina ga- requires galaxy, a galaxy brain, brain right yeah but I mean like you can you can be good at Zarina somewhere in the middle where you're just as soon as your move comes off cooldown you slap it again and then there's the next level where that galaxy brain where the top players in the world uh, were playing at worlds and they're like they get the reset off and they hold it for a second because they know the other person is predicting that they'll dash and that they, and then they hold the dash and then dash past them. 
Like it's just it's just like wild. Like the level of like nuanced play that you would only get if you've like played Pokemon Unite for a while and can see the difference between that and the Pubby's Arena that just spams the move whenever it comes off cooldown. Quite frankly, like I do when I play Zarina. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so like, um, double stomp, bop bop, bop bop. You know, there's no there's no nuance to it. I'm just mashing the buttons up as many times as possible. Um, so so anyways, that's Tyranitar. You know, I think if we if we're gonna do this, Gibby, let's give uh, Buzzwool and Tyranitar a grade. Okay, so like you know, A, uh, S tier, A tier, B tier, C tier, D tier. Okay. Sure. So no, no, no pluses or minuses. Give you have to put it in one of these categories. Buzzwall. Where do you put Buzzwall? C tier. C tier for Buzzwall. I agree. Uh, I would. I think if I had like, if I was gonna do like a B plus tier, I'd probably be like, I'd give it pity. But because we're not doing that, C tier, baby. It has its uses, but it requires so much to get value out of, and it's just bad in solo um really fun though really fun pokemon uh tyranitar gibby where are you at with your grades here a i think tyranitar is an easy a almost pushing slightly higher if uh if if not a like it's Mm -hmm. it's so flexible it's so good and it can kind of carry a lot of different ways the i think the only reason it doesn't get into s tier for me is because it takes so long to come online and you can yeah, the early game you can shut out a tyrant if you if you make a concerted effort to if it's not jungling and let's say you, and it's not uncommon to get a tyranitar that goes in the lane because it's not horrible in lane you can bully it's a larvitar ju- yeah it's not horrible yeah. in lane it is i still do think better in the jungle because you can mitigate some of the early level struggles mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. get most of the way there through two jungle rotations to almost getting to tyranitar it it is easier to you can shut down a tyrant. It's a little bit like Charizard in that way. You can lock him yeah, exactly, or even like a Blastoise for that matter. Like you can lock him out of his levels to where he doesn't get to that late game till later on in the match, where he you're basically delaying the impact of where he's at full strength as, as a character. Yep. yep. And that really kneecaps some of the ability of Tyranitar. So that's I the totally reason agree. it does it doesn't push to the top tier for me. Totally agree. A tier for me for now. We shall see. Um, next up, let's talk about maybe the thing that I – oh, man. I, I can't oh. – it's between this or something else. I think that this has me like – okay, this is not the thing I'm most excited about, but this is the thing that makes me most optimistic about the game. And, guys, it is called Thea Sky Ruins. It is the, the new map, map confirmed I'm literally map. like today or yesterday, confirmed to be the new ranked and casual map. They are replacing Remote Stadium with this new map with massive overhauls to the objectives, some big time and for like for for competitive players, some huge overhauls to farming in terms of like where the wild Pokemons are placed on the map, the amount uh, of them that are out there. So the amount of farm to compete for um, and uh, also the uh like the forms that like the lanes that you can take through the jungle and the paths that you can take the pathing is completely different now. Um, and so it's going to be really, really odd and in a good way, uh, challenging to relearn this game, uh, because so much is going to change with the sky ruins. Gibby new map, dude, how important is this? Okay. Uh, interview style. It's how so important, important is this? Tell me about this, man. Like, like what are we looking at? Dora the Explorer said it the best. So there's a place you got to go. I'm the one you need to know. The Skyrim. <laughs> it, it is. 
it is a new map that we have it you visually can just like start it's realizing pretty, the implications the the trailer for it was awesome it's um, beautiful and there's more information that i'm not going to to jump too far ahead into that we also saw in the trailer but we saw several changes to the physical layout mm-hmm. and also some of the things that are going to be on the map like objectives that will yeah. be game changing let's talk about layout first from the layout we can see that and i, I we don't have measurements right because we haven't been yeah, able to like explore true. it yet but we can visually see to me the one conclusion that you and i have both been able to put together and i think other people have 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 also assumed this too is that the center of the map where you would typically jungle on either side also including the zap pit formerly known going to be formerly known as the zap pit uh yep. is is much more open and it's bigger it's got more surface area to it it looks like yeah. they've thinned out the the walking lanes that the each of the tracks of the different goal zones going both top lane and bot lane it almost looks like those are maybe thinned out slightly it's hard to tell uh but my assessment is it looks like the forward front goals in both bot lane and top lane are closer together i think mm-hmm. it's going to be easier for you to break early game goals because they are closer together in distance uh to each other like let's say you you and you're you're playing in in ranked or you're playing in with a with a buddy and it's uh not a five stack but it's just you have a team that goes two one two and you and your buddy head top lane and there's two people top lane as well and you manage to get an early game an early uh lane kill or two on the opposing pokemon you are guaranteed getting dunks you're guaranteed getting dunks and pushing that level advantage and i don't think it's even going to be hard to justify even kind of sneaking a couple extra scores or two if a fight's breaking out somewhere else within the lane and you might be able to run up and get a cheeky dunk of an extra five or ten or something like that because i do think the goals are closer to each other um you made a really astute assessment about the the placement of the goals and if they are truly closer together um but also where we think the buffs are gonna be on this new map what kind of implication does that have for early game yeah so uh and you know again we're we're working with the information we have it's still on the test server so little changes could could still you know be in play um but the buffs are being pushed back so if you guys are familiar the first thing you do is you jump the wall, kill the Lillipup, and start on the buffs. Some Sometimes, depending on the farm rotation, you actually push out and you get one of the two uh, core fish and then come back for the buffs. But the point is, the buffs are right there. That makes them the safest farm on the map. Um, so that even if your outer goals get crunched, like you are able to generally protect that because it is the closest uh, neutral farm to your goal or to your home base, right? But now the locations of those have been almost swapped um, and rearranged so that the uh, core fish equivalents, which I, they're not core fish anymore. They're a different Pokemon. I think they're called Diggersby, these little rabbit Pokemon. Uh, they're kind of ugly, but I uh, won't go there. Oh, they're um, cute. Come on. I think they're, I think they're ugly. Uh, but anyways, they're sit- I'll be happy to farm them for experience. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they are... Um, 
uh, they are in the front now. They're in the same place that those um, that the red and blue buff pits were before. And now the red and blue buffs are pushed further into the map, meaning that um, it is actually, if I'm looking at this, almost equidistant in terms of like uh, between the first and second outer goals. So if a team can eliminate the outer goal, they do not have as far to go to get to their opponent's red and blue buff. And, by the way, the buffs are changing a little bit. So the new buffs, the red buff is similar. Um, we don't know the numbers, so perhaps this could be a little bit different. But the red buff seems to be getting an additional effect. Not only uh, will it decrease enemy move speed, it will now do extra damage as well. So... For all we know, and I hope this is the case, the slow may be reduced and the damage is being added to compensate. Sure. That would make me happy. I hate the red buff slow uh, as a laner. It, it drives me up a wall. Now, the blue buff. The blue buff used to increase your damage against wild Pokemon as the wild Pokemon's health deteriorated. Now, it's even cooler. In my opinion, the blue buff was important but boring. The blue buff now, uh, when you claim it, the Pokemon that gets it reduces the cooldown of their moves so of course uh this makes the interesting point of which pokemon gets the cooldown reduction more than likely the cinderace that wants the red buff before they wanted both buffs now it's like well the cinderace probably wants the red buff because they're basic attacking but our venusaur would much prefer to have the blue buff because he mm -hmm. stands to benefit from it more so that already adds some really really interesting like thought processes here so that's the buffs I, I will not go crazy with the the um, the neutral farm layout, but it is a little bit different. Um, instead of um, bees, you remember the winter map, uh, which was the same. It's still remote stadium, but reskinned. We had bears, bears. and bears. now we have birds. <laughs> bees, bears, which, and birds. Bees, bears, and birds. Uh, which I'm glad it's it's actually Swablus and Altaria, which are bird dr flying birds and also dragons, but. Uh, but we're going to be killing uh, – no longer we got to be there for bees. 850 bees, now 850 birds. Um, and uh, But I will say one of the uh, – at least in the bot lane from a video I saw of a uh, content creator on YouTube, uh, one of the uh, places where we would used to have um, – uh, what are they called? Um, Audinos. Instead of one Audino, there's three Diggersby, which means – uh, that the XP is probably s almost the same if you claim all three. But, of course, you can steal one or two of them, which means that, like, if you go over and steal one of your opponent's Audinos, that is a huge flipping experience, right? But yeah. if you go over and you only are able to steal one or two of your opponent's Diggersby, that's not quite as damning for the team who uh, missed out on that XP. It also means that it's easier to steal one or two, and uh, and not you know mistime it and get nothing. So that's a really really cool thought process that I I would never have thought to ask for, but I quite like, especially when you're stuck at a evolution level. If you're if you're Squirtle and you're sitting there at four and your your XP bar is totally full and all you need is one wild Pokemon to flip while you're near it for your team and you'll evolve. This will help with that, which is one of the difficulties of being in lane and partly why we see three stage Evos not quite as uh popular in the laning uh in the laning uh stage right yeah so it's just hard it, it, you can get shut out 
You really can, you know, and if you're not, especially if you're one of those three-stage Evos that does not have a strong secure move like a, like a Slowpoke, Water Gun is one of the best secure moves in the game, so it doesn't really matter. Same with Blissey's uh, Smacky Hand. Uh, you know, like, it, it doesn't matter, but when you're playing, yeah, slap. like Squirtle yeah. or or even Bulbasaur can occasionally get, get shut out. Charmander, another one. So, anyways, um, that's one of the coolest things with Theia Sky Ruins. The last thing I want us to talk about uh, is the objectives. So, Rotom is being replaced with Reggie Alecki, but it's the exact same ability. So it makes sense. They're both little electric goofballs. And might I say, I'm really happy that they're keeping Rotom the way it is. Um, Me too. Because I think Rotom is always a very interesting game mechanic and map mechanic. And while it almost felt like the stepchild, it almost felt like the Luigi of yes. the two. Yeah, compared of, to Dread. Yeah, of the two objectives compared to Dread. It was n you never questioned the importance of Rotom, like it was it was always beneficial to have. And eventually, whether you prioritize Dread or Rotom first, like you eventually would always go up to Rotom because it did provide you a good benefit and it was a threat. Yeah. Um, so I'm happy that they did not change Rotom at its core. Right. However, there is one big change about Regilecki compared to Rotom. Rotom would only ever do basic attacks to you. And they hurt, don't get me wrong. Regilecki has powers. He has moves that he can cast, including like electrowebs, like Pikachu's electrowebs. So not only did it feel like they learned something a little bit, and when you take Regieleki, it looks like it's going to have almost like boss rush style, you know, moves and implications where you can move out of the way of some of his abilities before, like as he, it'll show you where they're going to cast it, and then you can move out of the way. But as he's marching down the lane towards their goal, he's still casting the spells at the enemy team. Well, and boss rush was exactly why I think that they did this. Like this is they they were like boss rush was a hit, and these expanded move sets for these. AI Pokemon that were that they're fighting, uh, that's a cool addition. That's really not that hard to implement. Just give no. them two or three moves that they randomly cycle through. It makes it more dynamic. It's yeah. more interesting. You know, Regilecki could have. There could be a time where everybody's fighting around it, and Regilecki just throws three, you know, uh, electrowebs in a random direction, and it catches somebody and turns the fight in a really fun, crazy, ridiculous way. So, like, mm. that's cool to me. And that's like, and nobody can complain because you chose to fight there. You chose to fight around Regilecki. <laughs> right. You know. And speaking um, of dynamic. Yeah. We go the other direction we start talking mm -hmm. about the changes to to dreadnought so dreadnought is no longer going to be a dreadnought and mm -hmm. it is now going to be a trio of reggie's different than reggie alecki but we've got reggie steel reggie ice or reg ice whatever however you're going to pronounce it and reggie rock uh, they are three different pokemon that all will take the place and randomly spawn now what we don't know is if Let's say that there's three Dreadnaws or three Reggies across the game in the bot lane. Um, where Dreadnaw would spawn that's a, if that's they're a gonna question. if if each game one of them always appears, but the order in which they do is always different, or if it really is randomized where you it get does three say Reggie they take turns. Through. It says that on the notes that they take turns showing up. So I would imagine that they won't be duplicated, but it seems to be totally random which one shows up first. And that's important because. It's not just about killing, like while they probably will have different special moves, almost like you you mentioned with, with Reggie Alecki, while you're fighting it, they will have different uh, moves in which they try to defend themselves. Up until the point where you kill it, there also is different benefits that you gain 
from uh, from killing said objective. It's no longer just this global XP bonus that you got for your entire team by by killing Dread. It is now something a bit different. If let's say Reg Registeel pops up, it would be increased uh, team. You increase your team's attack and special attack for a short time. Reggie Ice does HP recovery, increases the HP recovery speed for your team, and then Reggie Rock increases your team's defense and special defense, which all three, in a way, will help you then turn and win a team fight, which you are most likely in the middle of fighting around the objective. But, but they're they all not going to push ways. your entire team into alts, and that's the big thing. The problem with Dread is it snowballed so hard that everybody had to fight around it, and if you didn't get it, you were instantly at, an, at a very tangible disadvantage, even if none of you died. None right. of you could die at that fight, and you would be at a, at a, a massive statistical disadvantage, especially because immediately after that fight, all this XP goes towards the Pokemon that maybe just weren't they were just kind of ahead or maybe even not ahead and all of a sudden boom they surge into their evolves they surge into their unite moves uh without really earning it in lane right which, is, which to say if someone's at eight and three quarters worth of a level they still might kill the objective and gain some xp from that if there is going to be xp associated with the objective that brings them into that ult but it won't jump them like an entire level randomly while they're 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 fighting and farming up in top lane and all of a sudden they just click into their ult because someone in their team sniped dread three quarters yeah. of the way across the map from them you actually have to be there and fighting and acquire your moves this, and levels tangibly like you would the rest of the map and the rest of the the fights this change is perhaps the most important if only because and again not saying that the ben the benefits you get from these reggies are bad they're certainly good people are going to want to clear these objectives don't get me wrong and heck i don't know maybe it's still better for everybody to rotate down to bot lane but my gut is telling me that there is so much more nuance in terms of one we maybe don't send all five. Maybe we send three or four and keep someone top to monitor Rotom. Maybe everyone goes Rotom now. I don't know. Very well could be. But, the, but more than that, the lack of a global XP boost means that the what happened in lane is more sticks for longer. Mm -hmm. The results of lane, and if you get ahead in lane it will matter for longer. And that was always the problem with Dreadnought is that you could have a monstrous lane and we, you know, Gibby and I could be playing down there and blow out bot lane. And if their Decidueye throws a spirit shackle and happens to snipe uh, Rotom as our team clears it, all of a sudden, all of the advantage we built up over the enemy is evened out. Right. And that is like- the first three minutes of us blowing them out just really, really had no had no effect. We're back at even Steven, like- Right, and so while that while that could still happen and the decision I could still spear shackle and snipe it from us, um, it is not, it will give the enemy team an advantage, but only if they go and start trying to pick fights. If we manage to mitigate those fighting scenarios, that then we still have that level advantage over them. They didn't re- you know they didn't completely flip the uh the the advantage there and then um finally and this is what i i am i i really this is the one i need to see in action more than anything else zapdos is gone but replaced not forgotten with, replaced with one of my i mean i think zapdos zapdos was 
is my favorite legendary. I mean, and I'm he's uh, a since cool I, legendary. Since I don't, <laughs> since I, since I'm not super into, and I never played a lot of the the newer generations. I was very much a traditionalist with a lot of the with the first generation and second generation. I can tell so you, I, the legendaries for the first three gens are still the best. Right. Okay. That's I'll cool. Just tell that's you good. That. That's good to know. I mean, so Zap is. Zap was probably my favorite as a kid and always was. Yeah. Um, but I'm happy to see that they picked another fan favorite to replace Zap. Oh, yeah. So, DBN, what is that Pokemon? We've got Rayquaza, baby. Rayquaza, which, the which Lightning and Thunder Dragon. So, still Lightning-themed for everybody. Thunder. Just, uh, and it comes with a few different features. The first is when uh, when he spawns, it seems like there are air currents that will usher people through the middle of the map into uh, the center faster. So it'll be easier for people to close in on uh, the the pit, which is probably a thing that will help all of the, the players that don't show up on time. Um, <laughs> help mitigate uh, some stupidity. Medi- mitigate a little bit of stupidity, which I was going to say earlier. I forgot to say it, but that's probably also another great reason that they switched out the global XP from Dread was that now the the goobers that don't rotate from top, uh, it's it's not it's not as as terrible. Um, so um, yeah, once spawning, obviously these uh, these um, move speed, these air currents will spawn. Um, but what's interesting is when you claim it, instead of breaking the enemy goals, um, y- it grants each of the members on your team that are alive a overshield, a really big overshield, along with the score shield uh, bonus. So if you remember, score shield, uh, you know, a held item that sees almost no play now, uh, it's while you are attempting to score, uh, you cannot be stopped while the shield exists and score shield itself got nerfed so that it was only that that the, the small sliver of score shield that it gives you when you start scoring you can't stack it with other things and it had a cooldown on it so that item has been fallen way out of play but this basically gives you that same thing and it sl- increases your goal scoring speed right so most people would say okay but that's basically the same thing right like if you walk up to a goal and you you begin scoring if it's a faster score where you can't be interrupted, isn't that the same? Well, no, it's not. Because you are not immune to other effects. You can still be attacked, and if they peel your shield off before you finish scoring or before you even finish walking to the goal, you can't have that bonus anymore. Two, you can still be pushed off of it. So exactly. effects like high horsepower and surf uh, you know, and uh, block, block from, uh, from Snorlax are all going to be able to disrupt this. So... While Rayquaza Fusion. is still going to be massively important for the end of the game, it is not guaranteed three to five hundred points like Zapdos was. You still have to fight through the enemy team with that shield present to get to the goal and score. What does that mean? Probably more than Gibby and I can figure out here on this podcast. But in in short, I think that it means the early game becomes significantly more important. Getting an early lead becomes more important. And refighting, potentially, after you spawn, if the enemy is about to get zapped, but you've got, er, sorry, Rayquaza, Ray, if the enemy's about to get 
get quasi quasi uh, quasi quasi quasimodo you jump back in and instead of hitting zap maybe you just start hitting the enemies <laughs> because as soon as they get that shield if you can get the shield off of them you're 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 good you have a chance still and even if like two of the players goes up and dunks 100 points they get 200 points but you're able to stop the scores uh or, or stop the uh break the score shields from everyone else um you have a chance to come in and get the 50 or 60 or 70 points you need to get back over them. So the early lead that you can get from scoring matters more. The um, I think that because of the repositioning of the buffs, breaking early goals, even though it gives a catch-up XP range, uh, a catch-up XP ring on the outsides, I think that's still worth it now because you can have easier paths to invade and steal their central area. It's just the game is going to become so much more dynamic. The end game is more nuanced. I, I could not be more excited for the implications of Theia Sky Ruins on uh, the competitive scene of Pokemon Unite. It's going to be cool. <laughs> And I, uh, my implication is, I think that there's it opens up the door more for for back scores, for sneaky scores during the the, the zap fight or Ray one hundred percent because you don't necessarily have to be like, what are you doing, teammate? That's trying to back cap while <laughs> the 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 way to win the game is in the center. Oh, don't encourage them though. <laughs> the don't un, encourage the undeniable them, way to win the game is in the center of the map, and you're over there scoring a hundred points. Thanks for not helping the team. No, they that's actually a viable thing now. It could in, be in coordination. coordination. Repeat, in right. coordination with there your you team. Go. Tell your he, team. He prefaced some. it. Yeah. So so you so you can't yell at me for giving bad advice. So that's true. I, oh, I think, we we truly don't know what the what will be what will become meta in terms of everybody and how the conventional way to play is formed. Because keep in mind, it took months for the conventional way to play Pokemon Unite to get figured out when it came out. It mm -hmm. took months, and then even still. Three or four months later, all of a sudden, people discover score comp. We're well, going to be ushered into a phase similar to that for the next couple months once that drops. And that I believe that drops on the third. I think uh, it might be the second or the third. So uh, before we stray too far away from the from the the Rayquaza conversation with that new with the new team fight at the end with the mm -hmm. major objective, one other piece of information we I don't think we really touched on was the shape of these of the pit of the Rayquaza pit is different along with mm -hmm. the entrances and exits. We mentioned it yes, at the beginning yes. a little bit that the, the center of the map seems to be a bit bigger and more opened up. And that includes all of the entrances into the pit, as we're going to call it, uh, the Quay pit. Yep. With, well, and that means it's also more there. entrances to the jungle. There's, so like there's you can invade the jungle ways. from different different spots. And, right. There's uh, six ways to get into the, into the main part of that fight or move through from one jungle to the yeah. other. And I'm just hoping that this means we will get some sort of support character that can do some vision control, some warding. Like, I would love to see, you know, a, uh, a Pokemon that can throw out a little a little buddy. Maybe, like, oh, man, can you imagine, like, Kangaskhan that throws out the baby Kangaskhan to go sit and watch <laughs> over things? You know, like, I think that'd be that'd cool. That'd be funny. Yeah. Um, but uh, something like that, because that does mean that with it being a little bit bigger, with the uh, space being more like open and there's being more lanes for people to come in and out and sneak up and set up ganks, like I think that a vision could be a really cool way for them to uh, introduce a new support character. But anyways, uh, let's move into our basically final segment here. And this is going to be interesting because uh, there are three new Pokemon confirmed all coming out in the month of September. Also confirmed. Uh, we thought that when it, they first announced it, we thought it would be like maybe one a month, you know, September, October, November. No, 
We have three new Pokemon all coming to Pokemon Unite in September. We have the dates that they're coming out. And thanks to our wonderful data mining friends uh, in the Pokemon Unite community, we have the fully leaked moves. Um, I have seen all of these. Uh, because they came out, I guess, a little over a week ago. They got uh, they got leaked, and so, of course, all the content creators jumped on it. Gibby has not seen them yet. So what we're going to do is I'm going to read him these moves, and he's going to react to them live here uh, on, the, uh, on the podcast. We're doing it live. Doing it live. So first off, the one that I will admittedly say I am so insanely excited for, I'm literally losing my mind waiting for this to come out on the second. It's Mew. So Mew is going to be the new attacker, and I, if you, you can't see me because it's an audio medium, but I did use the uh, air quotes uh, because I think that it's a little more nuanced than that. But he is um, uh, an attacker coming out on the 2nd, so that is at literally like next Friday. Um, the passive. It's called Synchronize. So every time Mew uses a move, it and nearby ally Pokemon have their move speed increased for a short time, okay? Then, when it reaches level 5, it gains a move reset icon. I'm pretty sure this is going to take the form of, like, the uh, joystick button, similar to, like, Hoopa's, where you can press it in and, you know, steal a berry. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a similar form to that. Oh, gotcha, yeah. Um, and uh, the move reset icon can be clicked to reset... Muse moves and learn new ones. Then the icon will go on cooldown after it's used. Okay, so whenever Mew knocks out or makes an assist on a Pokemon or scores a goal, the move reset cooldown, which I'm pretty sure is pretty large, gets reduced each time you do one of those things. Oh, that's dirty. Using the move reset will also reduce the cooldown of Mew's Unite move. So if you so it incentivizes you to do a few things. One, wow. the more you play with your team. And spam your moves, you boost nearby ally movement speed and your own. Two, the more you uh, get goals, assists, or knockouts, the quicker you can reset your moves and respec. And the more you respec, the faster you get your unite move back. So there's that there's that push and pull of like, I love the moves that I'm specced on, and it makes sense for what I'm doing. But do I respec and reduce my unite move cooldown? Maybe. So, anyways, and we don't know yet if you're able to respec back into the same moves that you had been playing the whole game we don't know that yet but anyways dude oh that's so cool i just want to see i just want to see no looking Mew. ahead by the way you're not allowed to look at this page and look I'm, ahead i'm ju i'm just on i'm just on our our recording screen so i'm not i'm okay. not looking i'm not looking at any <laughs> of the moves that is super cool i mean we saw in the trailer that makes a lot of sense now because we saw in the trailer Mew what we thought was just like because i don't think anybody fathomed that Oh, stealing moves. We're like, oh, it's got a, a hyper beam or a maybe a solar yeah. beam looking move. And what's the wall that's in front of it? It probably means that it stole the wall, the the wall's ability from from a mime, and it's got that's what a we thought. solar beam from from Venu, which is stupid. I I love it. I can't wait to watch. As I know, Ian's really excited about playing, dude. Mew and I am too. I can't wait to steal moves from people because well, you're not if you remember, stealing moves. You're not stealing moves. There are uh, you reset moves. Basically, you get to respec. You know how you choose a move when you level a when you would normally level. You'll yeah. choose your moves. This allows you to rechoose your moves, and you have three options for each slot. 
Oh. Yeah. I understand. So you're not stealing them. They're set, uh, but you basically have access to six of your basic moves, and you can pair them in different ways. Oh, that's that's really And then throughout tricky. the middle of the game, say, ah, you know what? Solar Beam's not doing it for me. I'm going to mix it up. Switch it to something else. <laughs> you can totally customize your play style to what is needed in that match. That's really it's cool. so cool. So, okay, let's get into the moves. Uh, la- uh, basic attack and enhanced uh, auto. Uh, when you use a move, you get a counter. And when you get three counters, your next attack becomes boosted. And the boosted one shoots out a psychic ball of energy that does bonus damage the further it travels. So that's interesting. I don't know what that's going to end up looking like, but uh, it, it's there's a there's a there's a character with that uh, in Dota where it has a move uh, where it enhances its basic attacks. Where if they're running away, it's really good because the further it travels, the more damage it does. So I like it's great for chasing from- people down. I expect to hear you saying as soon as you throw a throw one of these these psychic balls and it hits somebody from way from way far away, go from downtown. From downtown. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's, gonna be, it's gonna be really good. You know me, baby. That's my best friend. Uh, okay. So so first move. Okay. There's move set one and move set two. Move set one has three moves. Move set two has three moves as your options. Okay. So you can have. I can't do quick maths, but you can have a lot of different ver- pairings of these things. Yeah, um, we can just go over them quickly. So basically, um, the in in uh, the skill bar one, you have Electro Ball. It's basically the same as Pikachu's Electro Ball. Uh, it's auto target, uh, but it has the additional effect of um, it, it does more damage based on how low their HP is, and uh, it just seems to paralyze them for a short time, which is either a slow mm. or a stun. I don't know which one. Um, the upgraded version strengthens the paralysis inflicted by the move. So, again, either a slow or a stun, not sure which. Um, solar Beam. It's like Venus Solar Beam. Um, but uh, instead of doing uh, scaling damage based on their max HP, um, this gives you more boost counters towards your uh, boosted attack. Um but it, it's the same thing. It deals it in a, in a line. Every Pokemon in the line takes the damage. Um, and its upgrade is that its cooldown gets reduced by one second for each Pokemon it hits. So if you hit three of them, three oh, seconds off the cooldown. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. run double Solar Beam. You, you could, to- you can, and should do that. Uh, the last one on the the first tree is Surf, kind of like Blastoise's Surf. In fact, that's what it's closest to. Um, you charge forward on a wave, pushing people, leaves them unable to act. Uh, you get be- you get a shield and become immune to hindrances while you're surfing, and then at the end of it, you get to jump off in a designated direction and become immune to hindrances for a short time afterwards. So it's literally Blastoise's surf, but you get an overshield because Mew is an attacker, so a little bit squishier. Um, so the first one is mostly like damagey moves, but it seems like they also have the ability to be like have some CC uh, and and stuff like that, which will play into my point that I'm going to make at the end here. Um, skill set two, so the other button, the first move, brand new move that we've never seen on any Pokemon before. It's called coaching. Uh, bear with me here, Gibby. You uh, dash toward an ally, give them a shield, and increase their basic attack speed. Okay, kind of like trick but you mm-hmm. dash towards them. Yeah. Then its cooldown becomes immediately reset if you haven't used this on it uh, within a set amount of time. So if it's the first time you've used it in this chain, it resets. 
and you can continue dashing to your allies so long as you don't dash to one the same time. Cool. That's really that's really. I was expecting you to say that it dashes to an enemy or dashes to an ally, gives it gives it a a move uh, speed attack, and then pulls out a whiteboard and starts drawing up plays. That's kind of well. The idea is that you're te- you're coaching your whole team. You you're not just pocketing one person in a team fight. You bounce between your whole team, giving them shields. Um, and every time you use it, you reduce the cooldown of the other move set: Electro Ball, Surf, and Solar Beam. That's yeah. So that's so you throw a you throw a move. You bounce between your allies. Reset your move. Throw the next one. Throw throw into a T tar. Yeah. So dash to a T tar. Wind wind up the the handle on the back of his in the in his back. Send him on. Send him in his way like a barreling time bomb towards the enemies, and then you blast a solar beam that just got reset from behind. That's it. It looks really cool. So that's just one of the moves. Let's go to the next one. Uh, light screen as a mime fan you're going to be a little disappointed here not because this isn't dope but because you're going to wish that mime did this uh oh, no. you create a translucent wall at the designated location opposing pokemon cannot pass through the wall and will be shoved off of it if they make contact that so they get if they touch on it mime. it should be on mime right if they touch it they get bounced backwards okay but there's more uh, if you throw Electro Ball, Solar Beam, or Surf through the wall, the effects of the move will be boosted. Oh my goodness! It's, it's... a focusing lid. You get to you get to blast through it like uh, the dude from Overwatch. Yeah, I was like, uh, it's ho- it ba- it's not Bastion. Ba- uh, Baptiste. Baptiste. <laughs> yeah, it's his it's his his, uh, his alt. It's his photon whatever. Screen. Yeah, and then. Oh, there's more. You may click the button again, and it will pull the wall in and move with the user, which will reduce damage taken from uh, opposing Pokemon that passes through it. So basically, it gets a front-facing shield, and anything that comes through it while the shield is facing that direction. So if you turn your back, to my knowledge, if you turn your back, you'll take the full damage. But if you're facing front, it, it will be reduced. Okay, so how long do you think it's going to be till they copy over these additional abilities onto the moves of the other Pokemon? Okay, well, I don't... So so it was funny because, like, the, the Surf, Electro Ball, and Solar Beam all felt like they were similar uh, but different enough. Where, like, for instance, like, uh, Electro Ball, like, Pikachu's Electro Ball um, is almost exactly the same. The Paralysis is a new thing, but, you know... Um, and the uh, the solar beam, you know, Venus solar beam is arguably better because it does percentage damage, so it rips through high health, you know, people. This is just there's no way around it. This is just overwhelmingly better than Mime's light screen, and like I would love to see Mime get this version uh, added in because, like, dude, how yeah. do, how how can they justify it? Like, leave leave Electro Ball the way it is on Pikachu, leave Surf the way it is on Blastoise, and just upgrade the the Mime wall. That would be really yeah, great. That, that's what I'm saying, yeah. So anyways, and then the last move uh, is very, very simple. It probably used more for the players that want to be, like, full-on attacker. It's agility. So this allows you to dash in a direction, increasing your movement speed for a short time, but you get to have hold two charges of this move. Mm-hmm. Very simple. Um the most boring one, but probably very, very good for players that want to have a very high skill cap Um highly mobile uh uh mage character 
So you get to zip around and throw solar beams, zip around and throw electro balls. Yeah. Um, that seems then, most appealing to me. Well, I, I want nothing to do with it. I'm playing with the light screen of the coaching for sure. That sounds so cool. I, I think and here's, coaching here's my sounds point. like you. Here was my point. It's a attacker, but dude, half of its moves are support moves. This yeah. is a support character. It's not going to be able to play like that main tank role like Blissey or Wiggly in terms of like a, a, a tank supporter. But like in comparison to something like Eldegoss or Hoopa, it absolutely can have that ranged supporter uh, role and fulfill that really, really well, it seems, with the flexibility that says, oh, guys, we need more damage. Okay, no worries. I'll switch up to Solar Beam. Bop. Yeah, like it's – or we – oh, we, they're diving our backline a lot, so let me use Electro Ball. Can we get – yeah. Oh, man, they're diving our backline. Can we get the light screen so we can yeah. push them away? Yeah. So or cool. Like, like there's going to be certain moves that are better for, for like, you're like, oh, going into Zap fight here, or going into to, to Rayquaza's, to the Quaz fight, I think we're going to need a way to shut them off from certain lanes. Let's go light screen. I'm going to need, yep. we're going to need a way in order to do some kind of line-based damage. Like, we have we have Guardi's ult that we're going to be able to use and group them together. Let's use the, the solar beam to be able to hit them all in one. Yeah. So... Pretty cool kit, huh? Yes. We're, We're missing Mew, something. The ult. The ult. Uh, Mew's Unite move. We don't have a name for it yet, but it looks so cool. It's this big area around Mew that looks like the galaxy. Okay? Mew floats into the air, becoming invincible, and creating a field at its current location. Uh, the user in all ally Pokemon in the area of the effect enters stealth. After wow. said amount of time passes, this Unite move deals damage to opposing Pokemon in the area of effect. So we don't... So here's the thing. I don't think you can move as Mew, but we don't know that you can't. I'm pretty sure Mew, once you trigger it, floats up into the air, creates this field, everyone in it goes into stealth, and then you, you know, explode it and deal damage. I don't know if the stealth lasts. If like somebody walks out of the area, do they become unstealthed? I don't know. There's so many questions about this move, but that 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 it still doesn't matter. Even if it does the least amount, which is in that area, everyone becomes invisible. You get to bail out your entire team for a couple seconds, or whoever is hurt, you dash to them, you give them a shield, and you make them invisible. Yeah, and then they that's... can choose to escape, re-engage, reposition. It's just like I, my mind is blowing at there's the, a, at the opportunities here. Out, there's a lot of outplay potential there. Yes, dude. Yes. Like you have the enemy Mew and you're playing chicken with the enemy Mew about who's going to use their, their ult first because you think <laughs> ideally it's proactive. But the minute you see them use that ult, just immediately run away and kite as hard as you can. But then if they all leave to try to kite you, your entire team turns and rips Ray. Like, yeah, and here's the question. While they're stealth, do they stay stealth until they use a move? Or are they can they use moves and still be invisible? Or if they use a move and become visible, do they become re-invisible after casting that move? Like what are the rules here around stealth? Because there's only like two or three field. Do they have to can they leave stealth uh, leave the field and stay in stealth until the, the time runs out? We don't know any of this information and it can drastically impact how good this move is. But like I said, even if it is just while in the field, we're in stealth, it does damage, that's still good. Mm -hmm. Yes. Crazy. That is, a, that, is, that is a very useful move. I'm Crazy. very well, excited for it. 
I'll tell you what, I, I can't wait for that one. Um, that's coming out on the second. The next two Pokemon are nowhere near as complicated as, as Mew. Uh, we do want to get through it, but Mew is just a, a lot to think about. So we have Dodrio, and I'll say I was a little surprised they chose Dodrio, but I've always thought Dodrio was like 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 secretly really cool, like a low-key really cool Pokemon. Yeah, I'm happy they're bringing Kevin from up into uh, up into uh... – <laughs> Yes, Kevin Pokemon from uh, from Up. Yeah, <laughs> yep, this is absolutely Kevin from Up. Uh, this is Kevin from Up, but with three heads. Um, an ostrich Pokemon, so fun, and also such a great choice to be the first speedster added to the game since launch with Zeraora. Which is a crazy problem that we're saying that this late into the end of the game. Yeah, the game's over a year old, and we're having our first new speedster, uh, Dodrio. But I think you know, for an ostrich. That's a great, you know, they're very fast. It, it mm -hmm. makes perfect sense for Speedster. I remember there was a uh, episode in the original anime where, uh, where there was a big race of all these Pokemon. It was like a Rhyhorn and a Dodrio and like a, a I think it was like a Ponyta that evolved into a Rapidash at the end because that was the person you were supposed to be cheering for. But I was always like, I think Dodrio should win uh, in that episode. Um, so Dodrio's uh, passive is Runaway. This is kind of the core of its kit. Basically, its move speed increases when nearby Pokemon are around. Then, as it moves, it charges a sprint gauge. When the sprint gauge is full, you get even more movement speed. And uh, But the sprint gauge will deplete if your movement speed gets slowed. So either if you stop moving for long enough or if enemies use uh, slowing effects on you or stuns. Um, so it's kind of like Gale Winds on Talonflame, but like way less bad, like way better. Mm-hmm. Um, when, and then the second part to this is whenever you score as Doduo, it splits up your AO's energy and deposits it one at a time. Um, it split, or not one at a time, but like splits it in half and deposits it in two chunks. And when you evolve to Dodrio, it does the same thing, but in three chunks. Why is this cool? Uh, well, I got to imagine not only will it help with stacking items, but it also probably means that if somebody shows up, you don't have to make it through the full 50 stack. You just have to make it, you make it through like two sets of 22. Or three sets of 22. So you might get 22 in, and then the next 22, and then they interrupt it. And you don't walk away with nothing. You still get well, some points in. Well, I wonder whether it's as you're as it's you're, you see the timer waiting for, let's say you've got a 50 stack, if the timer is the it, same. The timer is supposedly well, split in half, too. So like, oh, so, so it like, actually will progress. Or it's going to be three separate bars. Yep. And it goes, like, it's almost a progress. Oh, dunk, dunk, dunk. Like, yes. it would actually do that's even cooler. I was thinking, I was like, I wonder whether it would be the timers the same, but as it actually goes through the animation of dunking, it counts as three separate dunks because that wouldn't be as as bad, like as different. Well, it'll take the same amount of time, right? But it's not going to. It'll take the same amount of time to dunk the full amount, but you can get away with smaller dunks because it's split. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'll, if it'll if somebody progress. shows up to cancel, yeah. So you might as well, if you've got a 50 stack, you're like, I might not get this whole 50 stack off. I'm still going to go attempt anyway. Yeah, it might get, might get half or a third of it. Yeah. So uh, that's the passive. Uh, move speed out the wazoo and dunking. And then the basic attacks, uh, you get a boosted with every third attack. Very simple. But if you have a full dash gauge uh, or sprint gauge, um, your cooldowns become reduced with it. So... Um, when you hit with basic attacks uh, with a full sprint gauge, you have reduced cooldowns. And uh, your basics will also charge you, uh, or your boosted, excuse me, will charge you in that direction and reduce the dash gauge. So 
you i think the dash gauge is going to be charging really quickly like it seems like something that's gonna it's not gonna take too long to charge or else i don't think this pokemon will be good um but uh it you're gonna close the distance on literally anything nothing will outrun dodrio mm-hmm uh, so you have Peck as your first skill. And by the way, we noticed with Mew, you start with these abilities. You don't have basic abilities that you upgrade. You start with, like, Surf and Coaching or whatever. So kind of wild. But Dodrio, you start with Peck. It's very simple. You dash forward, jab, and consume the Sprint Gauge. Um, you do more damage when you have the Sprint Gauge, I guess. Um, then that evolves into either Try Attack um, or uh, Drill Peck. Try Attack... Uh, is actually quite interesting. Uh, it will do a slash in front of them, dealing a random effect, either decreasing attack uh, and damage, uh, decreasing attack and damaging over time, decreasing basic attack speed, or decreasing movement speed. So it's totally random what it will do <laughs> when you slash. However, if it's the sprint gauge is full, instead you shoot out three projectiles, which do each of those things. That's... Okay, so... You'd only essentially want to use that move if you've got the full sprint gauge, because in my experience, random effects in a game yeah. like Pokemon Unite, I mean, is it still does damage. Not a good thing. Um, so yeah, the fact that it's random makes it mm-hmm. a little slightly unreliable. But the fact that you can do all three of them if you have a full sprint gauge makes it a little bit more reliable. And you get two uses held in reserve. You get two charges of this at any That's given cool. time, so that helps with it. So you might charge up blast. And then, and then slash. Again. Yeah. Well, the blast is only when it's full, and that's a projectile. And then the slash is when it is if you're not have a full sprint gauge. But either way, whenever you use this move, you get bonus attack to your next basic, and you restore some HP. So this is like the sustain move, kind of like uh, you know that the, every speedster has one of those moves that heals them a little bit for the most part. You know, um, heal and then build up do. your sprint again and start running away. Right. Exactly. Um, the upgrade. Uh, basically when your sprint gauge is full this cooldown is reduced so if you sprint up if you're sprinting up to someone this thing will will be ready for you um then we have drill peck so this charges forward striking multiple times dealing damage and if the sprint gauge is full uh you uh have a much further dash and it pushes them with you so you'll do a little a little dash forward if you don't have a sprint gauge, you'll do a huge dash forward and push them with you. So you could push them off a goal. You could push them off an objective, etc. Pretty neat. That's pretty good. Um, on the flip side, so the other skill tree, you have quick attack. Uh, that's your basic uh, skill that you'll start with. You dash forward, getting bonus move speed and dealing damage to if you hit someone. And if you do hit someone, the cooldown is reduced. Um, then that evolves into either agility, which removes all status conditions from the user and charges its sprint gauge. This that's is a probably, full heal. This is a full heal on a Pokemon. A, that is crazy for something that is so dependent on not being slowed down. Yes, yes. Uh, and it, bu- it, so it, it charges the sprint gauge, removes all the status conditions, and gives it bonus move speed, uh, and its sprint gauge will charge faster for a short time afterwards. This is the move that says... I don't need two attacking moves. I just need one, and I will run all over the map. <laughs> yeah, this 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 is the invade move set. Yes, a hundred percent, hundred percent. And then, uh, if you want two damaging moves, you can get jump kick. Uh, so jump kick, you leap forward. Uh, if you make contact with either a Pokemon or an obstacle, you will leap over it and stomp the ground when you land. 
dealing damage and decreasing movement speed. Uh, if you make contact with an opposing Pokemon or an obstacle, your sprint gauge charges, not consumes, charges. Then, uh, if you make uh, contact with a uh, opposing Pokemon, it, the cooldown will also reduce. Um, and then the upgraded version will actually not only uh, will, if you stomp the ground after leaping, you'll also stun them. So it gains a stun at the plus move. Wow. Yeah. So the, so the right side moveset is about charging the sprint gauge, and the left side moveset is about consuming it. Um pretty pretty crazy pretty wild that's fantastic uh, i mean this his moveset doesn't seem super wide but it seems efficient and it it's got yeah. a game plan it it's i want to do this i want to be this kind of player in this kind of game and seems perfect for uh, like coming out of the jungle and assassinating people it seems perfect for quickly moving between two lanes if you don't like have a hoopa and it seems also perfect for just quickly split pushing and, and getting quick chunks of damage. Um, that seems very much what this Pokemon is designed to do, sort of like Talonflame. Um, the Unite move. Uh, you you basically get a similar to Dragonite. You get like a targeting thing ahead of you. And when you press where you want to target, Dodrio will sprint to that designated location, becoming immune and when it hits any Pokemon while running, it throws them in the air and damages them. <laughs> and when it gets there, it gets bonus attack damage and an overshield and faster sprint gauge. Dodrio's Unite move is, oh crap, there's a team fight happening. I'm going to get there right away. Yeah, I'm just going to make yes, my way and, there. And when you get there, you get an overshield and bonus attack, so you're ready to rumble. And of course... If you pass someone along the way, uh, you, you you throw them up in the air and damage them. How cool is that, man? Simple. The kit is simple, but really cool and cohesive. Yes, this is... I can't wait to play Dodrio. And Dodrio is dropping on the 15th of September. So, you know, really, three weeks away? <laughs> not too far. <laughs> no, not too far at all. There's plenty. I, of honestly, man, I when I saw Dodrio, I was like, Gibby's gonna love this. Like, I literally thought that in my head. I was like, I feel like Gibby is going to love sprinting around, doing crazy bird things. Like, I don't know why, but it made me think that you that of you. You know, <laughs> I I do love sprinting everywhere, and, and I know that you're normally like Gibby is like the mage player. Like Gibby's favorite characters are like mages. You know. Mm -hmm. But I don't know why, but I was just like, I can imagine Gibby just sprinting around, just cackling like a madman as he sprints around the map away from everyone. <laughs> I, uh, yes, I'm just I'm getting, I'm getting away. <laughs> yeah, going to be exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> just nutty. Um, so then we have Scizor, and Scizor is a little bit, uh, it, the, the kit is simple. But the, the dynamic that's interesting with Scizor is you don't have to play Scizor. You can just play oh, Scyther. I was like, do tell. Yeah, there are slightly different passives, moves, and unite moves for if you choose to evolve into Scizor or not. Now, I'm like 85-90% sure you always start at Scyther. It's, uh, and then you, when you get to the move that branches, you which one you choose determines whether you stay as Scyther or evolve into Scizor. So you start as Scyther, and you have the passive called Technician. Uh, what this does is, after you use a move, 
um, your next basic attack will change and instead do two basic attacks with decreased damage. So um, you're basically like Fury Swipe with two things. You do two instances of damage with a little bit less damage. I'm pretty sure it nets you more damage uh, by hitting twice. But you have but to it also, both. Well, no, I mean, it does two at the same time. So you hmm. use a move, and then the next basic attack does two smaller damaging swipes, which does mean they can crit. You have two opportunities to crit. Sure. Um, your boosted attack, after every three attacks... Oh, and, and of course, when you do two hits, it charges your boosted faster. Your boosted attack does bonus damage and increases your move speed. That's pretty good. It's not bad. <laughs> no, it, it does seem to be very focused on, like, quick attacks, chasing people down. Almost, yeah, like speedster style. And this is an all-rounder. Scizor is an all-rounder. It's, it's it's a middle Pokemon in a different way. Like, it's kind of yeah. like Mew. It's like Mew is, like, between, like, a... They've labeled it as an attacker, but it's also got about half of its kit as a support. This is, in a different way, kind of between, like, a speedster versus an all-rounder. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe I was getting, too, yeah. Um, so the first move is Fury Cutter. You start with this one. Um, you slash twice with your sides in a cone in front of you, dealing damage, but the second slash will deal much more damage than the first. So I it's want to like see what the slash, range, slash. That's, that's going to be range dependent, right? Like that feels like the cone. the cone. But I mean, if they brawl with you over an Audino, like they, you won't miss this probably, you know? No. And a cone is nice because, I mean, especially when you're talking about wild Pokemon or even an opposing Pokemon that you're fighting, like there's, there are certain really good moves where that are, have a narrow kind of blast radius, almost like a side beam from, um, from Espeon that are yeah. effective moves, but you can miss them. No. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. And I, I think this one's going to be good, but obviously you'll upgrade out of it anyways, but I right. think it'll be good for secure. I think you're right. Um, you have the next one is quick attack. Very simple dash and deal damage. Very simple. Love it. So, um, so those are the two basic skills. Um, or no, excuse me. Sorry. Um, I, I'm, I got myself confused here. Uh, skill one, skill two, skill two, skill two. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the, that's the same. So then we have... Um, so then we have Swords Dance, which is a skill two upgrade. This, the slides are slightly out of order here, I guess because of confusion over which one you are. Sure. So both Scyther and Scizor will get the uh, skill twos. They will share these, these skill two options. Okay. So um, uh, what did I say? Swords Dance. You dash forward. You get bonus attack power. Um, and this is kind of weird. The user's attack power is increased. The user's eighth basic attack becomes an area effect attack that pierces through opposing Pokemon in a line. So it might be like a, your your basic attacks become a lot quicker, so you go bop, 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 boom. I guess so. Seems weird, but need to see it in practice. I, I It's just hard to understand how good this is going to be. But it boosts like why your attack stat. Like that's a really increased, yeah. that's a really increased amount from most other gauges that 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 build and i guess scyther does do the slash slash like the double slash you know when you get the boosted off of you know i don't know it seems weird um alternatively uh you could do double hit 
you dash in a direction dealing damage uh jump in a designated direction dealing damage to opposing pokemon hits during the jump and marking them after the user hits opposing pokemon with this move it jumps again in the designated direction uh and its next basic attack becomes boosted uh and it charges at a nearby opposing pokemon this seems like wild charge like just just you but like with more directional control i was thinking like surf with greninja um it doesn't seem like it's a resetting move it seems like it does like two or three bounces around something in an area but like you have to hit the first thing and then you do like a jump jump like swipe it could be however a move like that usually is dependent on what the iframes look like yeah um but the cool thing about this is if the marked pokemon gets knocked out all of your move cooldowns uh, are reduced so it's kind of like surf in that regard and that it helps you chain so this is you know that 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 that's how this one works um so then you have the skill one uh tree right so the skill one tree is where it looks like you switch between either scissor or scyther um if you pick scyther you get dual wing beat um and that's where you slash in front of yourself with both scythes dealing damage in an x-shaped area uh, if this move deals damage to an opposing Pokemon in the middle of the X, so if it gets hit by both of the lines, um, you get bone, you get uh, HP restored. If it hits an opposing Pokemon, you can use it again to dash in their direction, um, dealing damage, uh, and the damage deals more damage lower than Pokemon's HP is. So it's again sort of that execute style, like it scales if they're lower, like Electro Ball. That seems thematic for 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 Scyther. Yeah. Yeah. So then if you go uh, Scizor, you get Bullet Punch. So you dash in a direction, striking opposing Pokemon with tough punches. If it hits opposing Pokemon, the cooldown's reduced, and you recover HP based on the damage dealt. It's kind of like close combat for Lucario. But if you use it again within a certain amount of time, you do more punches and more damage. And the number will increase from three punches to five. So it wants you to bullet punch and then make sure you land a second bullet punch shortly after for a second tier of damage. Which doesn't seem that hard to do, depending on the move speed of the of the mon and Right. I don't, and I'm wondering I, if those punches I'm wondering if those punches count for the swords dance. Now that would be an interesting point because this move takes on a lot more efficiency if it does count for sword stance yeah yeah scissor um the the difference there is that the boosted attack um uh slows the enemy and re- uh increases his defense so um scissor has that different basic and slash uh boosted than uh scyther scyther chases people down scissor slows people and uh, boost his own defense. So again, that tankier vibe, whereas Scyther is dashing around almost like a speedster. And lastly, we have the Unite move. Um, there are two different versions. So Scizor and Scyther have different versions. Um, uh, but all of them basically send out, they're not illusions, but they're copies around them in a, like almost like in a, a, a star like five sides around them. Um, and uh, you dash, and then some of these things, you decrease enemy movement speed, and these illusory copies are created. 
Um, if the copies hit somebody, so if the enemies run into the copies, it's kind of like Greninja's thing, but they're melee focused. They'll do damage, decrease move speed, and then disappear. Um, and then uh, if you use the button again, all of the copies will come back to you, hitting people on their way back. So you send the Ooh. copies out, and if they hit people, you know they'll disappear, and then you can pull the copies back in, um, like afterwards. At least if I'm if I'm reading this correctly, I bet um, you. If, I bet you if it if it hits if it hits an opposing Pokemon, it disappears. You then cannot pull it back. But if they're I think out, so. if they're out there and you haven't they haven't been hit, you can then choose. It's, you're like, okay, it's, my illusion failed. I'm gonna pull it back. I think that I'm reading this correctly. Either way, it's a little complicated. I think we're gonna have to see how this one works. This one's the furthest out, so uh, they they may change things. It's not on the test server, uh, to my knowledge, or anything like that. So, um, or not yet, anyways. Uh, so we will have to see. That, but you know, Scizor simple kit once you're playing it but a really important decision on what style you want to play and what i'm trying to identify and i still don't know this i think it's you pick it as you level but i'm not 100 percent sure that that's the case maybe you have to pick beforehand maybe it's like you know two sides and you say ah oh, do i want to play scissor or scyther here it's basically two pokemon at one i don't know i think it'd be cooler if you could if it was the former if you got to choose mid-game which version you want to play with I think the flexibility cooler. they're adding to Mew, I would probably lean. That's what they're doing. Yeah. And I think it's a cool thing, by the way, in a 10 minute match to be able to like say, Ooh, crap. I queued into a Gengar. What can I do to, to, to hang in there against a Gengar better or whatever, you know, Gengar is just a random thing, but you get the idea. Yeah. Pick, pick, pick your tree based on your opponent. Right. And I think that that's, that's a cool thing to have. And it, it incentivizes you to play those Pokemon. Um, and maybe it, that makes up for the fact that they're not as focused as a Zarina, where you know exactly what Zarina's going to do as soon as she cues into the game. You're like, yep, I know what Zarina's going to do. Can I handle it? You know, and as the player, you say, I know exactly what to do with Zarina. I don't have to think critically <laughs> about about which build I'm going to play and how I'm going to to level. Uh, and there's an appeal for both. Yeah, but the Scyther, I don't know which track he's going to go. Therefore, I don't really have a way to prepare for it. We'll, yeah. we'll see what they do. And then now I can then I can adjust. But at four minutes through the game. They've picked something. They've gained a bunch of XP. They're now killing you because you didn't expect them to pick that track. It's the flexibility is never a bad thing. No, never. So this will this will be really cool. All of these Pokemon coming out in the month of September. Uh, hopefully, we will be able to do a uh, new episode uh, after Mew drops, which is the second. So it's a little uh, less than uh, two weeks. Uh, we'll be able to give you the lowdown on that. I'm sure I'm going to be just I over might the be moon. buying Mew. But uh, and I, will, I will unregrettably be buying Mew. Oh, I will tell you this. Supposedly, Mew may come with a event to make it free. Good. So that could be really cool. Now, Dodrio and Scizor, uh, the, the rumor is they're likely to be either 12 or 14K coins, similar to Buzzwell and Tyranitar. And then the last thing that else that's happening is, along with the balance patch on the second, we are also getting 52 new emblems uh, and a new color bonus, which is going to be a dark blue uh, centered around dragons. And we don't know, at least I haven't seen anywhere where it's leaked what that uh, color bonus is going to be to represent dragons so that could be really really cool um, keep in mind if you are getting close to finishing your emblem pages like you're like oh okay I've got enough to make a full seven black uh, seven green page or whatever maybe back off of uh, using your uh, AOS tanks for the next couple weeks um, 
in anticipation of these new emblems coming out so you have a better chance to grab some of those and start playing with them. All good words to the wise. That's right. Uh, well, guys, I think we are about wrapped up. Hopefully that's enough Pokemon content for you. I mean, we, we've been rambling for a while, but there was just so much to cover. Uh, Gibby, thank you so much for, for joining me on this uh, on this lovely, what is it, uh, Tuesday still? Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. Oh, man, I'm losing my mind here. It's been a crazy, crazy week. This is why we haven't gotten to record the last couple of weeks, because I'm literally losing my mind, blurring the days. Uh, but, guys, thank you all so much for listening. If you have not yet, uh, consider joining our Camp Legend Discord. That is the Discord community that uh, supports the various podcasts that myself and Gibby are a part of. We also have the Patreon for Camp Legend, so if you like AOS Airwaves and you want to contribute, consider popping over to the Patreon. Even as little as a buck a month can actually genuinely go a long way towards us being able to provide uh, great entertainment, both for AOS Airwaves and our other programs. Finally, uh, if you are interested, don't forget to check out Almost Legends or Legends Cast, the two other podcasts that we do. Almost Legends is a tabletop RPG podcast, and we will soon be starting our next season, Purely Selfish, uh, but it's going to be set in the Avatar The Last Airbender universe, so I'm sure there's plenty of crossover between Pokemon and Avatar uh, fans, so maybe consider checking that out. We should have some new episodes coming up literally in the next week or two. And on behalf of myself and Gibbles and Bits, don't forget to have fun, show up to Zap, and ping your lanes. See you guys next time. <laughs>